And what's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Business is Pleasure. My name is John Francis. I am the co-owner of the Clarendon Trading Company. I'm with my co-host slash co-owner of Clarendon Trading Company, Colette Monique Leibert. She's my lover and my friend, so you know, I get to know a little bit of everything with her. So it's always fun. So if this is your first time checking out Business is Pleasure, this is where we take some time to let's talk about our previous week, how things are coming along, and also just talk about our relationship and how the business is either affecting our relationship for the positive or the negative. So each each so each time on business pleasure, the way we always start the show off is how was your week, color? Um, it was good. Yeah, just uh, kind of trying to enjoy the last like couple days of summer while like still working on our business. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. We haven't had events for a while now, like almost a month. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, pretty much a month. Yeah, so it's been kind of not gonna lie, kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Because we actually have our weekends back again, and we can yeah for now have, yeah for, for now for now we can like have a bit of fun and enjoy. We also look at summer break, which is like kind of nice, but we didn't really realize. Yeah, no, most definitely. We literally took like a four week break, and then not well, not really, just off, not necessarily off of not uh, off everything, business, but just yeah. off of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like events like to me is the most like time consuming thing, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Because like we're there for like eight hours, ten yeah. hours, right? And then driving, right? Sometimes that's eight hours of driving, sometimes that's yeah. three hours of driving, you know? Yeah. So it definitely do take a huge bulk of time sometimes exactly. or whatever, you know? So it was nice to kind of have a break from that for a bit. And then, yeah, just like planning and preparing for our next events coming up. Mm -hmm. um, my week was good. So for myself, I've been really enjoying the summer. And this is like one of the first summers for me where it's just that like, I didn't go over the top. But I'm making like quality time with friends, with family, and just doing small things every weekend. The thing sometimes in Toronto, we like wait for like those big events to happen, like you know, like oh, let's go to Carabana, and after Carabana, you're like, oh, and before Carabana, you're like, I don't do anything and save all my money for Carabana. So this is like the one year where it's like we didn't go crazy for Carabana, but each weekend, you know, not really. Like you didn't really spend as much money as you did before. You didn't really like go crazy with like the, the clothing, buying new outfits, and doing your hair and stuff like that. Like you in the past years. Yeah, but I still went out way more than I used to. No, no, I'm talking about more so finances, not like having fun and like, of course. Yeah, so of course, right? But yeah, like I think for me overall, like yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the summer a lot, but like what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, like okay, how can we now get out of like the summer slump of like us not working as like efficient as we could to now going back into fall, going into winter and just getting really prepared mentally and of course like the business right but like, I'm really excited for that we've talked about a couple things that to what we really want to change for ourselves I was actually really proud of myself because today I wrote them down um like just these couple of things that like what needs to get done so I wrote down a couple of things that like wait we're gonna figure this stuff out and like slowly knock the things off the list and everything you know what I mean and I think if, like if you look at this list and it's like what well, a list of maybe five to six things it can seem somewhat daunting because if you think like, oh shit I get all this done by Monday honestly it can be done in like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Maybe like, even less. Like, you know what I mean? But again, that's up to us, right? Like, we have to be in the appropriate mindset. We have to have, like, an amount of time set aside just to actually get these things done or whatever, you know? So that's one yeah. thing I really, I really am excited for. Because I know that, like, we have a bunch of things planned for, like, the late, the later this year and also early next year. So I just want to make sure that, like, we kind of, because everything's ready, man. It's everything yeah. ready. We have to, like, get ourselves lined up for, like, success in the next, like, Quarter. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I think we've been like procrastinating on a little bit is our strategy session. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we should do that. I don't know if 
watch your tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, you should, yeah, you're off all week too, right? Not really, but sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have more time than you before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, no, most definitely. Because, yeah, I think for us, like, as much, even when I can, like, take a look back now, the strategy sessions were actually so helpful. As much as, like, I hate them, I didn't like doing them, I do, I, it shows that preparation is always important and always needed. And it helps us to, like, refocus mm -hmm. a lot of the times. Like, reconnect with each other, make sure that we're both, like, working towards things that are yeah. on the same page like it's just a good idea to do no no 100%, 100%. and that's why i think sometimes like like running the business has the potential to like, hurt our relationship or help it for instance i think the strategy sessions were good because like they held us accountable for the most part like hey well we have a strategy session once a week what have you done this week or what haven't you been able to do this week or what can we do to fix up so um, next week is more smoother and everything you know so i and that's one thing i miss with the strategy session because even like for instance now it's like I feel like sometimes I let you down as like a business partner because it's like I'm not like on the ball as I was before in terms of like posting for our articles, posting for um, the other stuff that you write or whatever, you know what I mean? And like we, we know like this isn't really your thing. So it's like you, you don't necessarily have like the same drive you would for like Tyler Queen's for FSP. So sometimes it's like I don't say anything because I don't want to get you pissed off. But in reality, it's like if we're gonna run this business together, it's we should be worrying about oh well if I bother calling again about making a buffer for a certain stuff like is that gonna affect our business in a negative way or a positive way and then it's like how that can help our relationship. I personally think that we're like past the. No, I, no, maybe you are, but I, I wouldn't say I am. You can speak for yourself. I okay, like I'm I'm past like the the like taking it personal mm -hmm. in a way because like before like. When we first started running Clarendonco, like anytime you would say anything, like ever, I would always take it personally, but now I don't really as much. But I think, like, I'm only understanding that now because, like, we don't have the um, strategy sessions we frequently would, right? Yeah. So, for instance, the strategy session, okay, John, like, you're really annoying, you're being a bit overwhelming, you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like the strategy session almost more. I wouldn't say, like, it cut our communication in half about the business, but, like, the strategy sessions were, like, a large portion of us sitting down and like really understanding the business together because outside of the strategy session we don't really work on the business yeah, together like you know what i mean so like think about it like, we haven't had like a good strategy session like six eight months yeah. so it's like eight months where we had but we i feel like, like in the beginning down and, like worked on something together but i feel like in the beginning like not to say that we don't need strategy sessions we do but i feel like in the beginning they were like mandatory and like absolutely necessary because like we really didn't know what we were doing yeah. whereas like now we have like somewhat of a system we still need to like strategize yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to like make sure that system's running effectively, but it's not as like detrimental as it was in the past for not having strategies. I, I, I think I think where we want to go, it has potential to be even more detrimental because it's like like now they say well, going from like lower income to like thirty thousand dollars is okay, and I think that's what we were doing, and now you're trying to go from like thirty thousand dollars to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to like a million dollars or whatever you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's so much more work, so much more effort, so much more like preparedness that actually goes into like, executing all that you know so so even even though like you're right i think if, if we want to stay to the level we're at i don't think we need to like do strategy sessions but if we want to grow then yes yeah, I mean, we, like you know what i mean and i think like now our strategy sessions can become like a lot more strategic when before it was more so like this is a nice idea <laughs> yeah no no this is a nice idea i i, I think it, it was it was because we didn't know how to work together so we're trying to figure it out right and now I think like with strike session we have now, it's like, okay, well, we, we, we're, we're good at work together. So now how can we grow the business together now? You know, we yeah. have to really push this thing to the next level that it can get to. 
Yeah, but that's what I think that's important. Because I think a lot of the times we have to realize, like, a lot of the small redundant things that we didn't like in Pod Villain were the things that allowed us to even be here. And it's like, I feel like sometimes, like, we get so comfortable and complacent at this place. We're like, oh, I don't need to do this. Oh, I don't need to do that. Oh, you know. Even myself the other day, like, I was even guilty for it. Like, someone had messaged me about, like, um, messaged, messaged me about, like, the the length of an item or whatever the case was, you know what I mean? So I thought, like, oh, no, I'm not going to answer this right now. Like I, like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly, and it, and it just goes to show, like, if this was, like, five months ago, I'd have got like, oh, crap, I gotta find this cooking, blah, 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 blah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's now, it's like, it's like, I see myself doing these small things, so that's why, that, and and that's what it is, it's like, a lot of the times, it's the small things that really matter, because I want to focus us on doing those small things, as knowing they are, as, 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 like, stupid as they are, it's like, we can still, like, we all work on it together. Even, like, sometimes, like, a lot of times, you only know what we have when we go to shows. Yeah, but we have this, we have that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we should both kind of always know, like, okay, what's in stock? What do we need? What, like, you know? So I think it's like, like a lot of small things we need to, like, just, like, bring back. Fine tune. Yeah, just, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So how do you feel, like, when you're doing this um, full-time? Honestly, best decision ever. Best decision ever, yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I would say that I would want to change, first let me tell you what, what I love I loved about this. I love that I'm able to, like, dictate my lifestyle how the business fits really well into it. But a lot of times I'll tell people like, yeah, I sell old clothes for, for a living or like I, I buy clothes for a living. It's like for me, this goes hand in hand. It's like two things that I actually do enjoy. So I love that aspect of it. But it made me realize how how much, how serious it is when it comes to like running a business. Because a lot of times when you see like all these business gurus, they just tell you like, oh yeah, you gotta do this, you gotta work. You don't understand what type of work you actually have to do so you can accomplish your goals. So for this year, I really liked how for the last year, I've really liked how I've been able to like create a system, like creating the content and going thrifting that has enabled Tyler to be sustainable for one year. So that's one thing I really like. But then I'm starting to realize the redundancies. That's what I don't like. Like literally, like every Tuesday I gotta take photos. Like, oh my god, I gotta edit them. Like this and that. Like you know what I mean? So like th- those aspects I don't like. But just like what we talked about on a previous podcast, like. You're not gonna love every aspect of everything that you do. Yeah, like, and that's okay. There's a large portion of like running a business that's gonna feel like a job. Yeah, like literally, like eighty percent of the things that I do for the business, I don't really like. Like, yeah. I don't like posting. Like, okay, I'll tell you what I do. Like, I like, I, I like creating like new systems, like see how we can like, generate money, like do the research and stuff. I like posting. Sorry, I like um, thrifting. Thrifting, yeah. and that's really about it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and I don't mind events. I I don't mind events. Like, you know. For me, I like organizing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of planning, you have to do the Airbnb tonight. Yeah. Well, before Friday. I should do it tonight. Yeah, yeah. I like I like planning stuff mm-hmm. and organizing stuff. And what else do I like? Mm, I like kind of assessing like what works. Mm. Like I like assessing like our accounting and being like, okay, like we did good this month. Like what should we continue doing? Yeah. Or, like yeah, yeah, yeah. next month, like what do we have to like? plan for look out for stuff like that i would say that's it like i, I like it more so like the administrative stuff i'm not really like out there so i don't really care for like i don't know like the like social media i guess stuff that we do really yeah that's what i like yeah, yeah no for sure well, that's one thing too i actually do love the social media aspect of it too and, like talk and interact with people 
like precunies and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah, you like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I, I definitely, I definitely, definitely do. But do I like it all the time? No. There's sometimes, there's some days I don't want to go through the thing. Some days I don't want to answer messages. But again, it's a part of the business, yeah. and that's one thing I think like allows me to keep running this thing is because like I have a picture in my head where I want us to go long term. So it's like okay, well, that's yeah, always the goal. That, that's always the goal. Like you know what I mean? It's like okay, well, take care of this stuff so we can get to that stuff. And I think like when you have like a chronological plan that is really in place and like really concise for yourself, that's when you can like you know what? I don't feel motivated today, but I understand that I have to do this regardless of the way I feel. Yeah. And that's the point that like I'm at in the business. Like yo, like this isn't about me anymore. Like you know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter if I like doing this or I don't like doing that. It's like, yo, how are we gonna like be able to like create generational wealth for our family, help our community mm-hmm. and also do something we actually enjoy a bit. You know? Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. I'd I'd rather be working on my business than I would be at any other job. So mm-hmm. there's not much to really complain about when you think about it from no. that aspect. No, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um here keep talking. I feel like something's going on in the kitchen. Keep talking with it. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to discuss, because I was watching a, um, me and John were watching a... False alarm, guys. False alarm. We, we scrape. We scrape. Me and John were watching a, uh, a documentary on, like, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, like, everyone pretty much knows generally what Woodstock is. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it's, like, a crazy music festival that started in, like, the 60s. 60s yeah. like, like, one of the first music festivals. Yeah, like, one of the first big music festivals. It was, like, kind of, like in tune with like hippie culture like of like the late 60s and stuff like that and like i was thinking about like generations and like what influences a generation and what like motivates them to have like the ideologies that they have so generally speaking if you think back to like the hippie culture whatever they were generally like motivated by like world war ii like a lot of their family members and friends a lot like people who were like kind of into the hippie culture were like maybe born in like 1940s some of them maybe a little bit like like maybe a little bit earlier maybe as late as like 1955 they would have been like teenagers in a sense yeah Yeah. right so like so they were generally influenced by the fact that a lot of their friends and family not friends generally but family members had to go to war and they were somewhat affected by that right so when vietnam came around they were very like counterculture to that whole ideology and then it was starting to like I started to think, how does that affect, like, today? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how does our generation, or how is our generation influenced by different things collectively? Because, mm-hmm. like, o- obviously, like, entrepreneurship is, like, really, really, like, popular right now. It's very, like, on trend. It's cool. A lot mm-hmm. of people want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, trying to figure out, like, why is that? And I, to me, like, my, like, I guess assessment of it is that we've all seen like our aunts, our uncles, our parents, like go to work, do the nine to five for like 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like through those moments, like as a kid, like I've seen my parents like not necessarily like happy all the time or like happy with like the way that their life is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our generation, like we've seen that so like prevalently that we don't want it for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like. Like, our previous, like, or our parents' generation, like, they came from, some of them lived through struggle. Some of them lived through, like, times of, like, economic insecurity and, like, just, like, the ups and downs of the economy and th- times when things were unstable. So, like, having a good...
good and concrete stable job like went a long way you know what i mean but like generally speaking like our generation hasn't really like lived through a lot of that obviously there's a case by case like you're we're born in jamaica like you had a different life and upbringing than i did and i have a different life and upbringing than a lot of other people obviously but i think overall we all kind of have this like not all of us but a lot of people in like our age range have this kind of like anti-workplace type of vibe I, I, I could definitely see that. I feel like it comes from two things. For me, when we talk about like what previous generations or what previous events happened in our culture, or really motivated people to be like, hey, like, let's do this all of a sudden, you know? I think for, for, for me, it was like when I was in college and like doing university, it was the idea of like the 1%. Like everyone was so against one percent, you know? And I feel like that opened up everyone to like financial literacy a bit more. Yeah. So they start to understand, it's like, okay, what is one percent, you yeah, know? Yeah, I want to be the one percent. Yeah, and it's, it's not even that. It's like some people don't need to understand they're already the one percent. It's like if you make more than $24,000 a year, you're already part of the one percent globally. You know what I mean? I don't think that's what the one percent is. Yes, it is. One percent is that 99% of the population control one One percent of the population controls 99% of the economy. And if you make over, if you make at least twenty four thousand dollars a year globally, you're part of one percent. That's how poor. Yeah. That's how little it is. Yeah, but like, but like, your average person isn't thinking globally. I, 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 no, you're hundred percent. You have to Google that. No, it's right. It's a hundred percent right. It's a hundred percent right. But but while you Google it, I'll continue talking. So I think like events like that, like the whole like financial, not financial crisis that even happened around that same time as well too, right? People, everyone was getting a lot more aware of like, okay, what is the economy? How is it affecting me? How can I also like, you know, affect it as well too, you know? So like, I think that's one thing that's inspired a lot of people like, hey, like we have multiple ways to access money that we don't even know about that. But I think the one medium that's been allowed, that allowed people to, to now want to do entrepreneurship is the internet. Yeah, so you're wrong. So, so the the one percent means for like the actual country that you live in. Mm-hmm. So it means like yeah, but I, I was talking about globally. Yeah, but that's not like the like when they did like the G twenty summit or whatever. Yeah, because only twenty people or whatever. And yeah, they yeah. were fighting against mm-hmm. like the one percent. They weren't talking about like globally. They were yeah, talking yeah. About, like, but when globally. I was explaining it though, like like I just said, like globally, if you put on a global scale. You make more than twenty five, twenty four thousand dollars. You're part of the one percent. Yeah, they didn't say anything about the twenty four. Yeah, because you're not, because you're not searching that. You're only looking for the idea of one percent. But, but don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get that that after. We'll have more. Okay, so any further, your average person, I feel like the idea of the one. No, hold on, hold on. I was talking about like how, like why do we think this trend is happening? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like the. Yeah, like talk about it. Just like gloss over it. No, I was getting into it, but you interrupted me. So I think, like you were saying, like je- definitely the whole idea of like the one percent has the ability to make people feel as if like okay, like I'm essentially being like in some way or another like oppressed by like this like capitalist system. So how can I get a handle on the capitalist system instead of just being a moving member, actually organize it to benefit my favor? So like, like I was saying back to one percent. That's why your like definition didn't really apply to the situation. Or it does though. Okay, it does apply, but yeah. for the average person, mm-hmm. it doesn't because somebody making twenty four thousand dollars a year, they're not thinking that they're part of the one percent. Yeah, but like just because you don't know doesn't mean you're you're wrong. No, I know, but realistically, when it comes down to it, if you're making twenty four thousand dollars a year, you're not part of the one percent. You are though. I know, babe. But but, but uh, first, for example, 
I'm from Jamaica. It's a third world country. Okay. We went to Jamaica right now. I got the same twenty four thousand dollars. Uh, yeah, that, that, but that's the thing. And it's like, like, you know what I mean? You say like pain is relative. Yeah, yeah It's yeah, like yeah. that idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you can't say, oh well, if you look at America and you make twenty four thousand dollars a year globally, you're actually doing what quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are, but in terms of America, you're living in poverty. That's not true though. If you make twenty four thousand dollars a year, but but, but but because you just said it's a case by case, right? Well, I'm making twenty four thousand dollars a year. I live with my parents. I don't have to pay. Okay, them. let's say. Okay. But, but, but exactly, because what you're saying is a blanket statement. Oh, okay, sure. You're 100% right. Let's say you don't live with your parents. You actually are an adult living on your own. You have expenses. If you're making $24,000 a year, you're not affording your anything. You're not affording your rent. That's not true, though. Okay. You're just being devil's advocate. No, I'm not being called. Okay, well, if I make $24,000 a year in New York. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, exactly. But let's say I'm in Idaho. Idaho, where I'm only. Honestly, I, I would still argue that you're not you're not living the best quality of life. When, we t- when people think about the 1%, they're not thinking about somebody who is middle class. That's not what the one percent means. They're thinking about the the Rothschilds and like the like whatever whoever all those other people are yeah, like yeah, yeah. Illuminati people. Like that's what they're thinking of. They're not thinking about somebody who makes thirty thousand dollars a year and gets by. No, they're thinking about like and that was the whole G twenty summit. They're not going because the people that are in the streets are technically, from your definition, part one percent. Part of the one percent. Yeah, because like because like, like if you think about it, it, goes back to the whole idea of like understanding your form of privilege. You know what I mean? It's like. Like sometimes we get like so self-centered in North America that we focus on, oh, this twenty-four thousand dollars can't do nothing for me. But it's like this person in like this third-world country over here would love to even have ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but 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 again, of course, different economies allow people to like navigate them differently. So yeah, you you are. Like we are, yeah, and and at the end of the day, we don't we don't actually work on a global economy. Like we like to Um, say. No, we yeah, we like to say that we do, but realistically, if I'm if I'm making thirty thousand dollars a year and I live in North America, I don't care about what's I don't I am babe. I don't care about what's happening in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, but some people do though, babe. No, but babe, what I'm saying is the economy in Cambodia. Even if I'm a wealthy person, if I were to move to Cambodia, that's not affecting my everyday life. That's not that's the economy in Cambodia is not affecting if I can pay my rent or not based off yeah, of if you're if you're like if I'm living child. in America if I'm living, living in America. if I'm living in America and that's, making of course it would though. and making twenty five thousand yeah. dollars a year the the amount of purchasing power that I have in Cambodia does not matter no but like but then there are also like other residual things that happen as well too right for instance like if there's a trade agreement or whatever you know yeah but that I understand that but I'm saying on an everyday living going to the grocery store buying your food paying your rent, paying your car payments, like whatever is going on in Cambodia has nothing to do with the average person living in North America. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but anyways, back to what we were saying, I feel like all of those aspects have factored into, I guess, the psyche of people that like are around our age or like we're generally like impacted by stuff like that, like the G20 summit and like just like different things like their parents and stuff like that. And also the immigrant, the immigrant mentality, because as much as like we're from Canada, like. I'm an immigrant. My parents are immigrants, you know what I mean? So it's like I have a generation of immigrants where they're not happy with that 24K a year. You know, they want to do more and everything, you know? And I think like the older we get, not the older we get, I guess like the further we almost got away from our parents, we start to understand like, well, our parents did a nine to five and they had a good, they had a good stable life for themselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like that same money that we're making doing our nine to five now isn't, doesn't have as much purchasing power, of course, because of inflation pricing of like housing, pricing of transportation, pricing of food and everything, you know? Yeah. So I think that also comes into play as well too. Yeah, for sure. That definitely factors into it as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think I think it's interesting though, because like 
in my mind, I'm thinking like two generations, like what my grandkids gonna be like, you know what I mean? And the craziest thing about the economy and just like everything from like fashion to politics, it's trends. It's all trends, like you know, they're influenced by so many different factors and everything. So that's what's really interesting yeah. as well too. It's like, okay, like are we, are these the building blocks that we're putting down and laying for our future generations? So maybe they can work just as hard as us, but now go further. Like, you know what I mean? Because I think I work just as hard as my mom. Like, I mean, I don't, definitely not harder, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, we're able to access different things that they didn't have a chance to access or whatever, you know? Yeah. Of course, just because, like, the time, the technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. in North America, the laws and all that shit. So, that's definitely really, really interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, I think that's about it. Is there any, like, any last words you want to? Um, I just want us to focus on, you know, planning and preparing for our, like, the next quarter of this year. So I feel like, like you said in the beginning, we need to go back to some of those old tactics that we did when we were first, first starting our business mm -hmm. and like, just kill it. No, for real. All right, guys, that's really about it for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. And until next time, peace. And just to let you know, when the G20 was going on, babe, Everyone in the world was talking about the idea of what the one percent is. Okay. So so right so it did it did make sense on the global scale. But babe, I understand that. Okay, global scale, yes. But when your average person, if you.